This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to be here this morning. I'm excited uh, to, to share with you what I believe God had uh, laid on my heart. And um, I know <clears throat> that uh, many of you um, are like me, heart, heartbroken. And very sore, sore this morning um, because of um, having to say good, goodbye to a very dear friend, um, Kimi, on, on, on Friday. Um, so y'all just, just bear with me and bear with us as we, um, you know, go through, through this message this, this morning. But I want to, <clears throat> I want to tell you that, um, you know, Friday we, we didn't lose a friend. We merely said goodbye to her for a very short period of time. And in a little while, we'll see her again in heaven. And at the moment, she's rejoicing with, with the Father and the angels in, in heaven. Amen. And she's perfectly made well and healthy. And uh, I can just imagine her being an old self again, full of bubbly Kimmy that, that we know and love. So um, I'm so encouraged and, and uh, I've got such an urgency to, <clears throat> to share the, the message that's that I believe God had laid on my, my heart this morning. Um, because in the last while, when we met with, with Kimmy and when, when we, we shared and, and just spoke, the, the things that, that were in her heart, she would, she would really challenge me. She would say, Stephen, like, what are we doing with our life? She would say, we can't just go on with life as normal. We need to get out there. We need to preach the good news. We need to tell people about Jesus. We need to pray for people. We need to minister to people. And even in the last, just the last week, she, she joined a number of Zoom calls and things um, to, to get prayer and ministry. But she ended up actually ministering to others, praying for others and touching others' lives. So I'm emotional. I'm emotional this morning because... The inspiration, <clears throat> because I'm inspired of what I saw in, in Kim's life. I'm inspired by what I saw Friday when we were there praying with her. I'm inspired by the people that rocked up and loved on her and prayed and their heart to just worship and, and just to continue and keep fighting till the end. And I'm encouraged by the, the doctor friend that was there to, 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 to take care of her in, in her own house. It was so special. Um, I'm encouraged by, by her not wanting to stop worshiping right to the end, just not wanting us to put down the music, put off the music. And I'm encouraged with, 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 with us as believers saying, yes, God, we're going to go all out. No matter what, like Andrea said, you know, we'll rather die believing than live in unbelief. Amen. And I'm so inspired by, by her life reflecting that and, and what I, what I see. And I have an urgency on, on my heart this morning to share with you the good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ is no longer on a cross, amen? He's no longer in the, in the grave, but he's, he's at the right hand of the Father and he's ruling and he's reigning on high, amen? And uh, not only that, is he, is he sitting there at the right hand of the Father, but he's calling me, and he's calling us as a congregation and he's calling you as an individual to him, to himself. 
He's calling each one of us to come to him. The only question is, how will we respond to that call? Listen, listen to this, this verse in Revelation. It's not going to be on the screen. Just, just listen to it. Revelation 3 verse, verse 20. It says, Jesus is, is speaking. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and me with he, and, and he with me. The truth is, Jesus is standing at the door of my heart this morning and he's knocking and he's saying, Stephen, will you allow me to come in? Because I want to be with you. And he's standing and he's knocking on, on the heart of Shofar, he's London, and he's, he's knocking on the heart of our congregation. He's saying, will we allow him in? And he's knocking on your doors individually and he's saying, will you allow me in? He's faithful and he's patient. But he's standing there and he's, he's knocking and he's saying, Will you allow me in? So maybe this morning, when you came here, you didn't know that you are called personally by God. And I want to say to you that you are, you are called personally and individually. God is a very intimate God, a very personal God, and He's calling you by name to come to Him. Never again will you be able to say that I didn't know that God has called me. Because I'm telling it to you plainly, he's calling you and he's standing at the door of your, your heart and he's knocking and he's been knocking. And he'll continue to knock until you open the door for him. The only question is, as I said, how will we respond? Will we respond? And how will we respond to that? So a little bit about my story. I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home and um, got taught the values of, of, of the scriptures and got read the scriptures. And, and I'm so thankful for the way that my parents raised me and what they instilled in me and the efforts that they put into me. But you know, no matter how well our parents raise us or no matter how much teaching we receive from teachers or a pastor or a spouse or a friend telling us about Jesus, there comes a point where each one of us is responsible to respond to the call of God on our lives for ourselves. Your parents cannot respond for you. My parents can't respond for me. Rion can't respond for me. My friends, my wife can't respond for me. I need to make a decision in my heart. I need to respond to the call of God on my life. It's my responsibility to respond. So, and, and how it looked for me is, you know, 15 years ago, I was in a service such as this, this morning and the, and, and the, and the guy that was sharing the message, he was, he was just sharing about Jesus. And I realized that I knew about Jesus in my mind, but I didn't know him in my heart. I didn't have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that morning he stood in my heart and I, and when he gave the opportunity for, for, for us people to respond, I, I came respond, I responded to that call and, and something beautiful happened in, in my life that day. They call it, I got born again. I became a born-again believer 15 years ago. And what it simply means is my spirit came alive. Because the Bible teaches us that we are flesh. It's, it's this, the body, the outerly form that you can see. This is the flesh. We are three-part being. Flesh, we have a soul. That's, that's the part, part of the emotions, the intellect, the thinking. That's the soul. But then we have a spirit. 
And the portion that, that will go after this flesh passes away, after this flesh dies, it's only the spirit that will go either to heaven or to hell. So that, that morning, such a special thing took place. My, my life was transformed because my spirit man, my spirit got born again. And my, lever, my life has never been the same ever since. There was, there was a massive shift in my, my life. But you know what? 15 years down the line, and uh, I have to honestly t- say to you that even or after that, that coming to Christ, I was so passionate about Jesus. I was so on fire for Christ. I had such an urgency to tell people about the love of Christ and what he did in my heart and my life. But somehow over the last 15 years, you know, there's been ups and there's been, there's been ups and there's been downs. And there's been ups and there's been downs. Times that I've been more, more passionate about him, more urgent, and times that I've been less urgent. And I'm not proud about it. Uh, I just want to be real this, this morning. I wish I could say to you, I was always passionate about Jesus, always urgent about Jesus. But that's not, it hasn't been the case in the last 15 years. And I just want to be real this morning, amen? And what I've, what I've realized is why, why I took those dips is, is I took those dips because I started to listen to other calls and not primarily the call of God on my life. Whenever I start to listen to the other voice, the other voices, the other callings, I start to, my passion, my fire for Jesus starts to dwindle. As I start to pour out my life into other things. And for me, I can, I can kind of summarize it in, in four ways. The one voice, the one calling is very clear that we just spoke about is Jesus knocking and calling each one of us. The other call is self. It's Stephen calling me, this flesh calling and saying, Stephen, I've got wants, I've got needs, I've got ambitions, I've got desires, I've got passions. Follow me. Please me. Do what I, I want. And when I start to listen to that voice, I see the passion dwindling, my passion and my love of Jesus going down. The third voice is the voice of family. And don't get me wrong, family is beautiful, family is of God. It's a gift of God. And, and we see in the kingdom, you know, God is the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ. The beautiful picture of family. Family is so special and dear to God's heart. And there's so many principles in the kingdom of, of family. The kingdom is made of family, amen. But when we exalt family and the call of family on our lives, the call of our spouse, the call of our kids on our life, when we exalt that above the call of God and His voice in our life, it becomes an idol like Andre has been preaching in the last couple of weeks. And even family, even the gift that God has given us can become an idol and cause us to, to actually dwindle in our passion for, for Jesus. And fourthly, the, the fourth one is the, the call of the world, the call of others. Because many other voices are also calling us in the world, amen? Stephen, you must be like this. Stephen, you must do this. Stephen, you must work like this. Stephen, you must follow this career path. Stephen, this is how your life is cut out. Media portraying how we should look, how we should do things. Stephen, just be a nice person. Just be a good person. Don't stir up too much, you know. Just, just conform to, to the culture. Just blend in. The calling of, of the world, the calling of others. So I've just learned over the last 15 years that it's, depending on which 
call I'm listening to depends where my fire and my passion is. Amen. And this morning I want to want to ask you, where are you at? Where are you at in terms of your hunger for Christ? Where are you at in terms of your, your passion for Jesus, your fire for Him, your urgency to see souls? Because in me, just over the last six or eight weeks, I can feel there's just been an increase in passion. There's been an increase in, in stirring God. There's been an increase of hunger for Him as we've just been pressing in for more of God. But I want to ask you, where, where are you at this, this morning? Because it's good for us to sometimes stand still and just evaluate where our hearts is. Amen. We are so rushed in life. Day in, day out. It's such a busy life. It's good to just sit still and, and stop and just evaluate. Where, where are we at? Where's our heart at? Where's our passion at? So my question is, how will we respond? Will you respond to Christ? Will you respond to that call? And, and when we respond to that call, you know, will we come to visit or will we come to follow? <laughs> because Jesus is calling us, he's not calling visitors. And Jesus is calling followers. And many are coming to visit, to experience, to see. Similar to what we saw in the scripture, many today are coming to experience Jesus as a visit. But then they go home and carry on with the call of many other things in their life. But Jesus is calling and say, when you come to me, I don't want visitors. I'm looking for followers. And when you, when you follow me, I want you to follow me not for what I can give to you, but what you can give to me. I want you to follow me to be a giver, not a getter. Because so many times we come to God wanting things. We follow him because of the things that we want. Amen. We are in need and we come to him. And, and that's okay. I'm not saying we, we don't have to do it, but Primarily, where's our heart at when we come to Him? Is it because we want to give, we want to pour out our life? Is it because we want to be a servant to Him? Is it because we want to love others and we want to love God? Is that, is that our main passion in our heart? Or are we coming to just get, get from Him? Because He's calling us to, to come. So how did you come here this morning? Because when we come to, to a service like this, you can come to give or to get. You can come to serve or to receive. And, and again, it's, it's weird, but you, don't get me wrong, you can never outgive God. <laughs> you will always get. When you come to give, you will always receive. We can never outgive the Father. He's got endless resources. Amen? But He's looking at our hearts. What is the attitude of our heart? He looks into the depths of our heart and he says, how do you come, Stephen? Are you coming to lay your life down? So when you're at work or when you're at home or when you come to church, are you coming with the primary thing in your heart to serve others, to give of yourself? Or do you want to be, be served God? Or do you want to be served? God is calling us to come and lay down our lives, to come to pour out our, our worship onto him, irrespective of circumstance, irrespective of situations. He calls, he's calling us to give unto Him and to love people and love Him. Amen? So let's look at um, what the Word of God actually says in terms of following Him and how does it look to follow Jesus? How does He want us to respond and how does it look to, to follow Him? And we're going we're gonna to read in Mark 
chapter 8, verse 34 to 38. And I'm going to read over it once, and then we're going to, when I really sit still at, at Mark 8, verse 34, because there's so much, there's, the scripture is so rich, there's so much for us to just get from that portion. We're just going to break it down this morning and really see what, what's in there. Amen. But let's just read, read the word. Let me just pray for us before we go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you are with every person that's online, if it's in their car or in the home or in front of their laptop or just listening to the, in the TV room or on their phone or walking, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are always everywhere. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would now, as we go into the Word, that you would teach, you would break the Word open, that you would show us the Word and that you would enlighten the Word to us and give us revelation from the Word and cause the Word in us to cause us to move, to react, to respond. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 8, verse 34 to 38. When he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whatever is for whoever is ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Sure, awesome. There's so much in that description. We're only going to focus on, on verse 34, but I just want to briefly give you some history, just context of where we find ourselves. We're looking into the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. And just before this passage, when Jesus is speaking here to, to, to the people, um, Jesus is actually walking with his disciples and they're going to a place called Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi. And as they're walking to, to this place, when they get there, he asks his disciples, he says to, to them, who does man say I am? Who does the people say I am? And the people, and they say, some say you, the John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're a prophet. And then he says, okay, cool, but who, who do you say I am? And then Peter, full of passion, he, he stands up and he says, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God. And, and, and Jesus says, um, wow, awesome, awesome, Peter, but flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And he said, but, but don't share that with others yet, because the timing's not right. And then he goes, goes on, uh, the scripture continues, and, and Jesus starts to uh, share with his disciples what he's actually going to have to go through because he is the Christ. Now the first time that he's speaking to them and saying, yes, I acknowledge I am the Christ, but this is what I'm going to have to go through. I'm going to have to be rejected by a lot of people. I'm going to get a lot of opposition. I'm going to have to suffer a lot of things. I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to have to die on the cross. But don't worry, after three days I will be resurrected again. And this is where we, we, we find ourselves when we come into this, this portion of scripture here in Mark 8 verse 34 to, to 38, this is the context. And isn't it weird for you that in like two scriptures right next to each other, in the, in the one sense, uh, Peter, you know, has this beautiful revelation that Jesus is the Christ. And then right after moments later, 
he like, um, he actually, he actually rebukes a Jesus. Because after Jesus shares with him that he's going to have to suffer all of these things, Peter then pulls Jesus aside and he says, Jesus, far be it from you. You won't suffer these things. You won't die. You are God. And then the scripture said, Jesus turns his back towards Peter, looks to his disciples and say, get behind me, Satan, because you are not mindful of the things of God, but you are mindful of the things of man. And isn't, isn't, isn't it weird that you know, in the one sense, Peter had this beautiful revelation and just moments later, Peter completely misses the plot. And it's just speaking to me again of how, how human and how fallible we are as humans. With God, we can have beautiful revelation, but without Him, we can miss it so, so badly. But Jesus wasn't angry or cross with, with Peter as such because he still continued to build the church. He said, Peter, you are the solid rock upon which I will build my church. Amen. But he knew he had to resist that voice that was speaking to him that you cannot go to the cross because Jesus knew his calling from God was to go to the cross. He had you and me in mind when he rebuked Peter. So now that we have the context, let's, let's look at that, that verse 34, specifically Mark 8 verse 34. Let's read it again and we're just going to break it down and get into the word because there's so much in here. Verse 34, when he had called the people to himself, let's say called. Now, again, I just want to iterate if I haven't said it enough that you are called by God. Each one of us called individually. And you know, Jesus could have just spoke to his, his disciples then, but at that atmosphere, he realized that what he's going to teach now, what he's going to share now, he needs to share with a bigger crowd of people. People need to know that when you come to Christ, when you follow him, more people need to understand what does it mean to follow Christ. So he's not only going to share with his disciples, actually all the people that were there, he was calling them, come, listen, I've got something to, to say. And uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were here in one of the evenings of just worshiping and, and praising God, in my mind's eye, I just... I just had a glimpse. I just saw a, a, a vision. I saw, I saw a vision of, as we were worshiping, I just saw that God is calling us. And I saw like just one person like standing up from their seat and, and just coming before God, responding just to say, here I am. Like, here I am, send me. Here, here I am, Lord. And then I saw another one coming and I saw another one coming to respond to the call of God. Just, just in a glimpse, just in a few seconds, it, it happened and I just felt God say to me that these people that you see, Stephen, they are not able, they are not the best, they are not, they don't have everything sorted. There's a lot of stuff they're going through in their lives. But they are willing. And God is only looking for a willing heart and a willing response. He's not looking for able people, super talented people. He's just looking for me and you to come to him with a willing heart. And respond. So God is calling each one of us. So when, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Now that, that come after me, in a sense, you can actually translate it or change it to follow me. So it's actually saying, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So it's really clear that Jesus wants our response to his call to be 
to follow him. As I said, not a visitor. He wants us to follow. So we could have, you know, he's like saying, if you want to follow me, follow me. Um, but what does following me look like? It looks like denying self and taking up his cross. He, he defines following me by self-denial and taking up a cross. So how does it look when we follow Jesus? It looks like self-denial and it looks like taking up our cross. So let's look at the way, what does that mean? What does it mean to, to deny ourselves, and what does it mean to, to take up our cross? So denying ourselves simply means to say no to Stephen, to say no to my will and my wants and say yes to the call of God on my life. To say yes to his will and his wants. And the, the best example of someone denying himself is Jesus himself. Because we saw when he, before he went to the cross, before they captured him in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying, what did he pray? He said, Lord, if, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. I don't want to go to the, the cross. This is what he's saying. I, in, in, in the flesh, God was, remember, he was man and God at the same time. In, in, in the flesh, in the, in the man form of, of him, he didn't want to go to the cross because he knew what it meant. He knew the suffering that was before him. So he's asking the Father, Lord, if there's any other way, take, it, take, it, take this cup away from me. But not my will, but your will be done, Lord. So even though his own will as such was to not go to it, he knew that the call of God, he will be obedient to the call of God even to death. Why? Again, because he had you and me in his mind. Because he knew that he came to, to set the captives free, to heal the broken heart, to deliver the oppressed, to save. Amen? And that can only be possible if there was a, a cross where he paid the price, where he, where he suffered. So even in this, this uh, context that I shared now about Peter, when Peter called Jesus aside and, and rebuked him, there was actually a temptation for Jesus to agree with Peter. To say, yeah, I, I'm God. I don't need to go to the cross. Why do I need to go to the cross? I'm, I'm God. But Jesus Im- immediately realized this temptation to agree with this word of Peter, like that I don't go to the cross. And that's why he actually rebuked him. And again, he denied himself and said, no, no, get behind me. I'm, I'm not even going to look at you because I'm not angry at you, Peter, but that voice, that word that you're bringing, I'm not going to step into that temptation. I know I've got a calling on my life and the calling means the cross at the end. Amen. So in, in Jesus, we have the perfect example of someone. How does it look like to deny oneself? So when those callings come, when the other voices come, will we say no and say, I've got a greater calling? So where are you at this morning? In terms of self-denial, are you willing to lay down your life for him? Are you willing to lay down your life for, for others? Are you willing to become a, a giver instead of a getter? And then taking up his cross, <clears throat> taking up your cross. So let's just look at what, is, what does that mean? And we're simply going to look at Jesus and what, what did the cross mean to Jesus? And there's four things that you'd see on this, the screen there. <clears throat> Opposition, humiliation, suffering, and death. 
So Jesus, when he said yes to the cross, Jesus had much opposition, amen? Many people opposed him. Many people didn't like him. And we shouldn't be surprised if we choose to follow God and if we choose to take up our cross, we shouldn't be surprised that people won't be happy with us and that we will get resistance. We will get opposition in this life. We mustn't be confused about it. We mustn't be surprised about that. When we say yes to God, we actually say no to a whole lot of other things. Because people won't like the way we think, the way we act, the way we do things, the way we believe and what we believe. It won't make sense to them and we'll get resistance and opposition. But so that Jesus, so he's encouraging us to come. Humiliation, Jesus had massive humiliation. Why? Because just think about it. He was God, almighty God, willing to die on a cross, a humiliating death, naked on the cross, spat upon, beaten, ridiculed, and mocked, hit, a crown on his head, all the while, why, in any given moment, he could have called upon the legions of angels in heaven to say, Lord, take these people out and deliver me. Any time he, he could have done that. But he chose not to. He chose to be silent as a lamb before the slaughter. Again, having you and me in mind, knowing that we will need an example of what it looks like to take up our cross and find encouragement in, in his story. So we can expect humiliation. We can expect people to talk behind our backs. We can expect people to mock us if we follow, truly follow Christ. The third one is suffering. That is clear. Jesus suffered. Now I think the biggest suffering actually for Jesus wasn't necessarily the physical suffering, but it was that moment when God's presence left him. Because all his, he's always been for eternity and for eternity, he's always been in the presence of God. But for that moment, because sin fell on him, that moment, my sin came upon him. Jesus, Father God actually had to just remove his presence in that moment. So there must have been massive suffering for Jesus in that moment. And it's been said before, you know, that nothing in this world is, nothing worthwhile in this world comes free. Amen? And even, even salvation, you know, it's, it's a gift of God and we receive, it, we receive it as a gift. We can do nothing by our own means to earn it, that gift. But it didn't come cheap. It came at a massive price. It came at the price that Jesus had to send his own son to die humiliating, suffering, death on the cross so that we and you can accept that gift. The gospel and the salvation is not cheap. It came at a massive price. The question is, are we, are we willing to also pay a price? Are we willing to lay down our lives? Because it's going to cost us something. If you want to follow Jesus. And the fourth one there, death, and it's clear that Jesus was obedient up till death. But for us, what does it mean? At a minimum, it means dying to self. It means laying down our lives for him at a very minimum. But what we actually see here is that um, in the apostles and in, in missionaries and in people now in the, 
in this day and age, right now, in the East, specifically, people are getting killed and, and getting persecuted on a daily basis if they choose to believe Jesus. If they say the word of Jesus, they get thrown in prison. And for us, maybe in the Western society, it's, it's quite foreign. It's like in a distant thing, but it's happening right now. So people are busy laying down their lives. And the question is, similar to what Kimi is, was asking me, Stephen, what are we doing with our lives? What are we doing with our lives? And the interesting thing is when, when you read the stories of these people in the East and they're not asking us to pray for them to take away the persecution. They're just asking to pray for us for endurance. Because what, they, what they've seen is that when there's persecution, the church booms. More people come to Christ. God's power increases. His grace increases. As the persecution rises, the, the grace of God increases on them. So none of them are saying take the persecution away. They're just saying, pray for us that we'll have more endurance. I'm so challenged by that. What are we doing? We've been given freedom here to share the name of Jesus. What are we doing with that freedom? So in short, they're coming to Christ will cost us something. Following Christ will cost us something. The question remains the same. How will we respond? How will you respond? But you know, there's also a, there's also a flip, flip side of, of this, this story. And it wouldn't be complete if I, if I left it there. Because there's also a cost involved in not following Christ. There's a cost involved in following Christ, but there's a massive cost involved in not following Christ. And maybe from the outside, it looks like opposition and suffering and, and, and death and humiliation is, is, is too much. And it's, it's, it's challenging for me to even think about it. And, and I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, I'm also listening to myself, what I'm saying, what God is laying in my heart. And I also have to go home this afternoon and think about it and work through these things that God has been speaking to me about. So we, we're in the, in, the, in the same boat. And it's, it's super challenging for me to look at those things and what the scripture says. But I, watch, I just want to, Read and listen to what Scripture is saying this morning. Amen? I don't want to sugarcoat it. But the, the, there's also a cost when we don't follow Christ. And I want to say to you that I think that cost, or that cost is actually much more severe, and the consequences is much more severe because it's got an impact on eternity. So in this life, we might have suffering, we might have pain, we might have humiliation, we might, might have opposition, we might have death. But we have eternity with Christ Jesus in the heavenlies, in his presence where there's no sickness, where there's no pain, where there's no brokenness. Amen. And there's a, there's a joy and there's a peace and there's a hope that we give prize when we choose not to follow Christ. That is the cost that we pay if we don't follow him. Because true joy and true Peace and true hope is a person. And that person's name is Jesus Christ. It cannot be filled with other things. It can, it's not, it doesn't come from the outside. And the world is looking to fill that void that's been in the heart, that void that God has created every human being for to have a relationship with Him. They're trying to fill it with stuff. And maybe it brings short happenings, happiness. 
but there's no lasting peace, there's no lasting joy, there's no lasting hope in that. And that is why we see when we look at very successful people that's without Christ, if they have interviews with them after they've had massive success stories or achieved climbing Mount Everest or they're the fastest person in the world or whatever it may be, often in the interview they would share that they feel empty. They feel hollow. They, they feel depressed. Often most of them want to take their lives because they realize what they've, their whole life they've been pouring out into this one thing, thinking that it would satisfy, but at the end it just brought empty promises. Because it's only Jesus that can bring true hope and true peace and true joy. And Friday, when we were praying together for Kimi and with Kim, even in the midst of it, there was such a beautiful peace in that place. There was no fear. There was no fear in that place. There was perfect peace. As we just worshiped, as she just wanted to continue to worship God. So we're going to have to choose which price do we want to pay. But either way, there's a cost. There's a cost of following Christ. And there's also a cost of not following Christ. And, um, you know, I want to <clears throat> hold it before us that when we, when we read of the apostles, the, the people that literally laid down their life, that were martyred, or we read stories about the missionaries, we, yes, we read about them suffering and we read about them dying because it's part of the story and, and the Bible is a, is a factual uh, um, recollection of history, I mean, so it's, it's in there, it's in the story, but when we actually dig a little bit deeper, what they taught about and what they shared about and what they would speak about often, what was on their hearts and their minds was they were sharing about the peace of God. They were sharing about the hope that's in Christ. They were sharing about the love of Christ. They were compelled by the love of God. Paul said, you know, to, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. They shared about Jesus being our eternal hope. Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Jesus being our joy. So can it be, could it be that from this side of, of making that decision to truly follow God, it can be overwhelming and it could look daunting. But for those who have already taken the step and said, I'm here, Lord, all in, there's no return, there's no more looking back. Whatever comes, whatever go, goes, I'm here for you, Lord, I will worship you. Every question that is my heart and the things that I don't understand, it's okay, I'm going to have those questions, Lord, but I will still worship you. I will still honor you. I will still say you are worthy. Like we sang this, this morning, you are worthy to be praised. I've made that resolution in my heart. I've made that choice. No matter what comes, I will worship you and I will thank you and I know that you are a good, good God, even though I don't understand things all the time. I know that you are good. Could it be that when you get past that line, that the overwhelming presence of God is so, so, so evident in your life, the joy and the peace and the hope of God for eternity is so strong on your life that the opposition, the humiliation, the suffering, the death really has no interest. It doesn't compare with what you're experiencing in terms of the presence of God. And could this be the reason why we see these people when they talk 
sharing about the love of God, the peace of God, the hope of God, the joy of God, rather than telling us about all of their sufferings. Because that's not what's on their mind. They've already counted the cost. They've already made that decision. And I want to hold it before us this morning to say, what would it look like if we as a people, or if you as a family online, or if you as a congregation online, what would it look like if we really say yes to the call of God on our lives, individually and also corporately? What would it look like? Because I see, I can see a place filled with joy and hope and peace, irrespective of circumstance. Because life will happen, and it does happen. We all go through stuff. But I see a place filled with joy and peace and hope. I see a place where people come to give of themselves, to pour out of, them, out of themselves, a, pe- a place where people want to love on each other, where they're more mindful of the person next to them than of themselves, where they're more mindful of, of God than of their ambitions. And I see a stirring. And I can see many people, unbelievers, I'll tell you what will happen, many unbelievers will come to Christ. Many un- unbelievers will come running to this place to want the same thing because that life is not in the world. The world does not offer that life. When they see that honest and sincere following after Jesus, not in words, but in action, when they experience that, they will come flocking to Jesus. They will come flocking to this place because there's a longing in their heart to have the real deal, to have life. And only Jesus can give life and life in abundance. Amen. So I want us to, to stand. We can stand. And um, I want to I wanna ask three people that's been laid on my heart, three, three groups of people that I want to, to respond this, this morning. And the first, first group of people is, if you were like me that, that day and you, you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you, you know in your heart that you're not right. Your relationship with God is not right. And maybe like the things that I'm sharing, you, you just like, it's, it's, it's weird for you and you, you just, it's so foreign to you, but you, you know there's something, something is drawing you. It's the Holy Spirit that is tugging on your heart. And I want to invite you this morning, wherever you are, if you're here with us present or if you're online in your car, wherever you are, I want to make an opportunity and give you a call to say, Jesus is calling, he's knocking on the door of your heart. And if you would open your door this morning, he would come in. And he would dine with you. And he would come to be, to be your savior and your king. So if there's anybody like that here this morning, I would love, I would just want to give you opportunity to respond. If there's anybody like that, that, that your life is not right, you know that you need to make right with God and the Holy Spirit is tugging, just quickly slip up your hand. I want to see your hand. Thank you, I see. See the hand, thank you very much. Is there anybody else? And if you, again, if you're online, you can just respond in your heart, you can respond to the message because God is not limited to space. He's with you right now. 
And I saw, saw that hand and in the moment. I'm going to ask you to, to actually come to the front. I just want to ask again, is there anybody else that wants, and you know you need to make a commitment to serve Jesus, to come to him? Is there anybody else? Hallelujah, awesome. So I'm going to ask you to be super brave this morning and actually come out from where you're standing and there will be some, some people to pray with you. Can, can you come? And the reason why I'm, I'm calling you, you forward to come is not to, to humiliate you or to put you on the spot, but Scripture says that when we confess the name of Jesus before people, Jesus confess your name before the Father in heaven. So what you're doing here this morning in, in terms of stepping out and coming, coming to Him, you, you can come. If you're making a declaration in front of these, these people, and it's so powerful and God honors that commitment that you're making. And it's awesome if someone can just, just come alongside her. Because this is a very special moment. If this whole day, if this whole week is, was just for this, this is so worth it. This is what it's all about. One soul coming to Christ. The scripture says that when one soul comes to Christ, the whole of heaven rejoices. Because one soul has come to Christ. Hallelujah. So we're gonna, we're gonna pray with you just now. And, um, there's another group of people that I, I want to ask to respond. And that's a group of people that the Holy Spirit is, is telling your heart, you know that you haven't made that full commitment. You haven't stepped across that line, but the Holy Spirit is calling you to step across that line, to take the plunge, to say, I'm all in. No more double mindedness. No more stepping one foot, one foot. I'm all in. I want to follow after Christ. I don't know how it looks. I'm intimidated, but I'm going to go for it. And if that's you, I, I, all I want you to do is just go into your knees and you can do so. Wherever you are, I want you to respond by going onto your knees right now and say, Lord, help me. I want to become a follower of Christ. I want to follow you, Lord. So where you are at in your, in your car or in your room or driving, if that is you or if you're here, just where you're at, or just bow the knee if possible. Just bow the knee before Jesus. Awesome. God is calling you and me. He's calling you and me to follow. If you can't kneel down because of whatever, you can also just sit. This is an opportunity for you to come and to make a commitment to God, to respond to the call. Amen. And there's a third group and we're going to all pray together now, but there's a third group and I actually received a message from, from a friend this, this, this week and the word is, don't hang up the call. Don't hang up the call. And it so resonated with me and God was telling me that there's, there's people that's, that's wanting to, to, to hang up the call because they're tired and weary and I want to encourage you this morning, don't hang up the call. God is telling you, don't Hang up the call. You're doing a beautiful work. You're doing a great work. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose hope. Continuing doing good. Keep on keeping on. Look to Jesus. Look at what he did and be encouraged with what he did for you. And stand up and continue to do what you're doing. Be encouraged. 
And I pray right now that the Holy Spirit, that there would be grace flooding your hearts right now. For those people that are wanting to give up, that be right now that there would be grace flooding your hearts. In the name of Jesus, I just release grace over you. Empowerment to continue to do the good work that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. just want to pray with this beautiful lady that has made a commitment. Let's all just pray. I'm just going to lead her in a, in a, in a prayer. Let's all just part and pray with her. So you can just pray with me. Father God, we come to you. We respond to your call. I know that I'm a sinner, Lord. In need of a savior. So today, I hear your call and I come to you, Lord, not to visit, but to follow. Lord, have your way in me. Jesus Christ, you are welcome. Come into my heart. Wash me away, wash the sin away in my life. Wash me clean, Lord like only you can. And Jesus, be enthroned in the throne of my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.